Riverside. Welcome to Dance Talk with Joanne Carey, where the dance world connects, the conversations inspire, and where we are keeping them real. I'm your host, Joanne Carey, and today I'm joined with Jamel Gaines of The Creative Outlet. I'm so delighted to have him here today. He's joining me um, after a full day of work, and we were both discussing before we got on how blessed we both feel to be in this business and to be working and creating and doing what we're doing. So welcome to Dance Talk, Jamel. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Um, and and, and it's, it's, it's a pleasure. And um, as, as, as you and I said earlier, um, I'm very blessed as, as, as a choreographer, director, and a creative person that's able to um, work with wonderful people, um, work with uh, wonderful young people, and also uh, professionals as well, and be able to um, make a statement through the cultural and performing arts and be a vehicle of using this art platform as not only an art and culture, but also as, as an informative space of teaching as well. Yes, I like how you said that, informative space of teaching. It, it does do that, right? It yes, really it does. does. Yes. And I love that. Um, before we dive into your current project, I'd like to bring our listeners into a little bit of your background, um, okay. how you got started in dance, you know, just to let everybody know who you are. Yeah, well, thank you again, and thank you for having me. Um, you know, Joanne, I actually, I like to let people know that I really started through arts and education and, and the Board of Education system, um, and, and um, arts and education works. And I started um, at a school called PS123 in Queens, in Jamaica, Queens, South Ozone oh. Park, where we, um, it was an I amazing. Sorry, I'm from, oh, I, I'm from Queens as well. There we go. So we're good. Oh. Yeah. Which part is he from? Um, over by, well, on, they lived off of Utopia Parkway over by. Uh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I just know their street <laughs> where they live. Yeah, I, got I understand. Yeah. So, Jewel Avenue Park. Jewel Avenue Park. Yep. I know where that is. Yeah. yeah. So, I started in South Ozone Park, Queens, in Jamaica, Queens. And there was a wonderful teacher there um, named um, Diane Brown. And Diane Brown, um, you know, I think she taught like the fifth grade but she was also in charge of the cultural and performing arts at the school. And um, Diane Brown had a way of um, directing you and just putting you into things. Mm -hmm. And she would pass you a script and say, learn these lines. She would say, we're doing music today. She would say, we're doing dance today. She would say, take that girl by the hand and lift her up and put her here and have her twirl around in fifth position and, and do, and, and you just did it. <laughs> she had that ability to do that. And as a male artist, um, she had all the men doing the same thing. She had all the boys, young boys doing the same thing. So it was a natural flow. 
So all of the guys did what she said. So I didn't realize that, you know, the arts and dance and culture sometimes um, that boys didn't do it, that young boys didn't do it because I went to a school that had a teacher that just, you know, passed a script to you and a song and, you know, you learned a dance number and she took us to all the original Broadway shows. And then also her daughter, Adrian Brown, had a dance studio outside of the school. So Diane, Miss Miss Brown was able to connect with young kids in the school system. And if she found out you were talented or she liked you or, you know, um, she had an interest in you, she would recommend you to come and study with her uh, with her daughter. And that's really that's really what happened. That's how I got started. Yeah. I love stories like that, you know, and I love yeah. to bring, I love that you talk about the dance in the school systems because I, you know, I had a studio for 23 years. And so I know the amount of work having a studio is and how, when you want kids to just, you know, express themselves and learn and create, yes. find yes. themselves through this art. Form. Right. right. And, and, you know, I, I was on the board here cause that, like we were talking before, I was on the board of Dance New Jersey. I don't know if you've ever heard of that organization. It's, a, it's an arts organization in New Jersey. And for a year, I was on that board for five years. This was when I first, first had my dance studio. Um, at the time when we were fighting in New Jersey to have dance in the school system. In some right. capacity, you know, because right. we as the artists and the people who were serving on the board were, were, were saying how, you know, how important it is to bring the kids lives who may not right. get it otherwise right right know? so i'm glad yeah. that you really bring that up and that it's so integral it's it's and, and and i would definitely say um in the in the black community in particular and communities of color um i would say you know not all communities of color but there's a lot of communities of color that just cannot afford to have their kids do um, extracurricular activities outside of school. So the fact that they provided this service for um, for the community really, really helped change lives. So um, I was, they kind of mentored me. So I was really not just a student in, in the school, but um, you know, my parents did not have the financial means and, and, and the focus in this. I mean, I'm blessed to have parents that that um, told me that I could really do whatever I want to do. So I really get that from my parents. I'm really excited about that and, and just blessed to have the parents that I have. But as far as the, the administration and, 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 and getting me to there and, and, and what that process was like. So I was really mentored from... And, and that's what arts organizations do. You know, they they mentor young people. And um, so that's really how I got started. I mean, if I didn't start with, with, with them, I mean, no telling. I mean, I was always a positive kid, but, you know, I'm not sure where I would have ended up in, in, in particular. So that was really my start. Well, it is my start. And, um, and then from there... I went to, um, most of my friends went to performing arts high school in New York, the original performing arts high school. And I went to Bayside High School in Queens. Mm -hmm. And I studied business. 
and I, I pretty much took arts and culture on the weekend. And, um, and then I went to um, Purchase University as well. So, so yeah, so the, um, I, I was just blessed to really be in a group of people that were really setting their goals around how they wanted to have an artistic life in business, in art, in television, in film, in Broadway, concert stage. I was blessed to be in a great circle. Yes. And, you know, when you say that, too, it is, you know, you, you can you can do that without being in that circle. But to have that support, it's, it's just it's there and you're all speaking the same language and going right. through the same things and supporting. Yes. When someone's weak in one area, someone's bringing you up in the other area, you know, and so to have that foundation um, yep. is really it's priceless. Yeah, priceless. And and the trajectory from there to where you are now, yeah. all those that we're laying all those stones, right? All those little yeah. seeds, planting yeah. those little seeds. Yeah. I think you're so yeah. important. Yeah. 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 And so then after mm -hmm. after purchase, then then what starts to happen? So so my my studio at Adrian's studio, um, they had um professional artists teaching in, in the studio. And there was a um, um, two artists in particular, um, um, Crystal Hall and Aaron Duggar, were part of this new company called Jubilation Dance Company. So they were part of the Jubilation Dance Company. And um, I had contacted them and I had been in contact with them during my years at Purchase. And I was an Alvin Ailey student and I was an Alvin Ailey scholarship student. and. I went to all the usual suspect places. Um, I, I'm a I, even when I was when I was was when I was dancing professionally and and training professionally, I was I had a football body as I still do. I was I, I didn't have this little tiny you know body like my yeah. friends. So I always had this big chest and I had a big body. So sometimes it was um, it was interesting because. Sometimes I would have my dance bag and I would walk into a store to get water or just something to, and, and people would say, oh, you're going to football practice? <laughs> I had this big bag and, you know, I was this, I was this very physical guy and it would say, oh, have a good practice. And I would say, well, actually I'm going to a dance class, <laughs> but thank you for the, thank you for the compliment. Um, so through, you know, I studied at Ailey and I studied also at another studio in Queens called Bernice Johnson Studio. Um, and she produced a lot of people for television and film and Broadway. And so after purchase, I kind of reconnected with that company called Jubilation Dance Company. Mm -hmm. And we traveled nationally and internationally. And we did. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but what did they do? Like when, when I hear that, word jubilation, you know, jubilation, I'm like, is it, is it liturgical? Is it? No, 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 no. This was a, this was a, a, an amazing dance company, like an Alvin Ailey type of a dance company. Oh, okay. oh yeah. No, these were very exceptional artists that Kevin Ayega Jeff um, is the artistic director and he's in, um, he's in Chicago now, but okay. Kevin Ayega Jeff started this company and, it was a very small company. And, and the great thing about the small company was the artists were really cultivated. You know, he didn't just choose people like, oh, 
this, that. So no, you had to be like, <laughs> you had to be really nurtured in to his process and the work. And there was a very high standard level of work and work ethic. And we traveled nationally and internationally. Unfortunately, um, during the late eighties, you know, we had that terrible ep um, epidemic during that time. We lost a lot of members to AIDS. Um, he shifted from there. So um, I was lucky to work with these amazing artists at that time who were really top in their field. Um, and then the, the, the company transitioned mm -hmm. and then he went to Chicago. So by like 92-ish, he had transitioned the company out. We had, you know, lost a lot of artists as well. But it was an amazing, amazing, I mean, really, I accredit him for the level of professionalism and bringing high level of professional work to the stage. You know, each of our teachers bring us something at different levels and they, they add and cultivate to the development of who we are. And um, I really credit him and, and those company members for really getting me to top level professional work. Wow. Yeah. I, I, and, and again, you know, I, I love that because it's so true. Everybody that we, you know, work with adds something to our story. Correct. Right. Correct. We does. Correct. And, and then we get to live and tell ours. Right. Correct. Which is Correct. Really yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so then, then after that company, then what were, were you doing? You know, I am the oldest of six, Joanne. I'm the oldest of six. Look, we're like <laughs> so, so in my household, there is a pecking order. It was very clear. We didn't have sibling rivalry. We didn't have any of that. Because if you were the oldest, you know what that meant. You were in charge. Yeah. Sorry, Joanne. <laughs> so, you know, I'm the oldest. I was in charge. The next, 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 and next. So I say that to say, after um, jubilation, I kind of knew that I, at an early age, that I was not the auditioner. I kind of knew in my um, late twenties that. I had got invited, one of the biggest auditions that I had got invited to was Lion King audition. When they were first developing, I know, it's amazing. All my friends were part of that original production. Um, and my friends invited me and they were like, oh, Garth Fagan would love you. And, and um, it, it just didn't, um, I was in transitioning, trying to find myself and who I was and I had graduated from Purchase. I danced with Jubilation. We were traveling. We were touring. We were in the gorgeous big houses throughout Switzerland and Italy and Germany and Austria. And um, I had come to a point where I was trying to figure out who I was. And I got a call for teaching in a um, private school called Phil's Academy. Mm -hmm. And I got my one of my mentors, Kevin Ayega Jeff, uh, had given me a job choreographing a Christmas musical called Black Nativity. Oh, wow. the, the story of the Nativity story. And um, so I say that to say, when I took up those two projects, it also um, developed a following 
and I got I got requests to teach and do projects and choreograph and as I was trying to find my way. So as a performer per se at the level of where I used to be, I had really turned into now a arts lover from a from a from a um, choreographic perspective and teaching perspective. And that's how Creative Outlet had come about because I started doing these two projects and I got back called back again and again and again. So I was like, wait a minute. And I would rehearse um, on, 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 on the weekends with, with friends of mine and call my friends in who were not working and just needed to be in shape and like, hey guys, let's just, let's just be in shape. You know, let's not wait around for nobody to call us for an audition. Let's, let's just rehearse. Yeah. And, um, and I met this one guy, um, Lakai Worrell, who was a, like a, a, a hip hop dancer. And, and, and one of his friends came a couple of months later and, the, and we were really the, the, the part of the glue with other professional artists, Anika Ellis, Bahia Saeed Gaines and, um, Jackette Green, Peter Moore, uh, Vina Cooper. So it was a bunch of us who had come together Eddie Stockton, and we were just like, let's just rehearse. Yeah. Let's just rehearse. Let's just. So that's really how the um, company organization. Um, there was not a big clear vision around what we were going to do, and we were going to be the biggest this and this. We didn't really have the infrastructure. It was really about artists coming together, and that's where you get creative outlet, as I named it. Yeah. You know, great. it was about using this platform and using the energy to kind of be in shape, create some works, put projects together and create a space where artists just came together for movement and, and discovery. Wow. So that's, yeah. that's how it, that's, that was really how it started. I, I, and, and it's, it's organic too, that way, right? Correct. It's really organic. Correct. Correct. And now when is that, like, so how, how old is Creative Outlet? How young? We're, tw we're 29 years old. Wow, is it, congratulations. That's We're 29 amazing. years old. It's amazing. Wow, that's really, and do a lot of the original people still work with you? They do, and also people have spun off and started their own organizations as well. Um, you know, not to brag a little bit, but my pastor taught me that if you're going to brag, you better brag, but you better brag about yourself if you've done the work. So... I'm going to say every major Broadway show that you know, uh -huh. I have an alumni in those shows. Oh, congratulations. From, from Michael Jackson, The Color Purple, The Little Mermaid, Chicago, um, Hamilton, um, um, After Midnight, um, um, The New Color Purple Movie. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, to um, Lion King, I think I said already. Um, somebody will kill me if, if they see this and their show is, is, is not mentioned. So I'm trying to think of. Yeah, Circus Soleil, Motown. Um, let me see. So, Fosse, Fosse, Aida. Um, Rihanna, Beyonce, Chris Brown, um, oh and the list goes on and on and on. Wow. So, yeah. 
so we have a really stellar list of artists from very prestigious universities, Purchase University, Juilliard, North Carolina School of the Arts, Marymount, um, um, U Arts in Philly, to um, NYU. So we have a very big, um, yeah. Yeah. And how, what does that feel like to you? Like when you really, when you're hearing yourself say that, you know, and you, do you let it sink in? Like what is, tell me about that. You know, there's, there's, there's a couple parts to it. One, Alvin Ailey, I got to mention Alvin Ailey too. Um, one, as teachers, as you know, you know, you, you have a studio, you had a studio, you do it for the love of it. And you do it because you like connecting with people and art. So you don't originally think about it in, in, in that in that way. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. just like a natural flow. These are like your kids almost. Yeah. So, and then, you know, when you meet someone or you're, you're out and about and someone said, oh, Jamel, come on, this is one of your kids. So it's a, it's a, it's a very proud feeling to, to know that you have been able to cultivate, change the lives, help cultivate, help nurture and um, get um, these young people. And some, some, some of them came to me as young professionals as well. And um, to the biggest cultural institutions and projects in the world. So it is a, it is a huge accomplishment. It is a huge feeling and to know that, um, that you've done some good in, in this world. Of course, as you know, as studio owners, sometimes you get beat up for stuff. <laughs> yeah. You get beat up for stuff and you go, okay. <laughs> All in the day's work, right? All in the day's exactly. work. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. 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 And talk about the so, so, the studio itself, talk about, you know, how the studio is set up and what programs you have. Could you? You, because you were in the school system and then you did arts, do you, you continue that as well, don't you? Yeah. So let me just share, if you don't mind, we, we said we have five divisions to the organization. We have five divisions. We have the dance theater, mm -hmm. which we do about two major projects a month. We're not full time, but we do project to project. We do about two, fa two major. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Then we have what we call our young artists. Young artists are high school and pre-college um, artists who are um, interested in a career in the performing arts and just a career in life just as in general. One of the things that we were able to do with young artists and also in our school is I never wanted to just have because not everybody wants to perform professionally, but they may want to learn. And I used to say, listen, if you're going to study French or you're going to study dance and art, you want to study it at a very high level. Whether you go live in France or whether you speak it all the time, but still. So, so my motto has always been, there are some kids or some young people that I would say, hey, this same thing you can use if you're going to be an attorney. The same thing you're going to use is you're going to be a journalist or you're going to be a publicist or you're going to be a counselor or however. All of these same skill sets of the cultural performing arts, you can use them. And I think the general public 
I don't think that they see and understand that that part of a Joanne like how we do as as oh. artists and art creators and cultivators. I, I agree. You know. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So we have our young artists. Then we have a school which we call the cultural arts program, where before COVID we had about 300 students, mm -hmm. and we would um, they were with us all day Saturday from nine to six, some nine to four, and some nine to six, and then depending on the the level of you of your training, you would come on Fridays and possibly even Thursdays, depending on what we were working on. We don't own a space. We rent a, a junior high school. We, we rent space that has worked out for us financially. In New York, it's extremely expensive to have a space. Yeah. So then we have the cultural arts program, arts and education. We're in about 40 schools in arts and education, dance, theater, music, poetry, script writing, mass making, set design, wow. lecture demonstrations, staff development. So we're in about 40 schools. Great. And then we have um, then we have summer programming where there's like a summer day camp, just as like basic kitty stuff. Then there's a summer intensive for professionals. Then we have, we work with New York City's summer youth employment. And then we also have something where we call studio in the park, which came out of COVID where we would do free classes outdoors in the park. Well, how nice. That's and nice. we would have like Friday, Friday afternoon at about 6.30, you know, it's still bright. We'd have a drummer, we have music, and we're just oh. doing like an exercise class. And people would join. They'd just come in, they're doing their walk in the park. And so all of those, those are the five divisions of the organization. I think what has helped us is that we're deeply rooted in the community as well. Sure, we do professional arts, but we work with churches, we work with women's groups, we work with hospitals, we work with shelters, we work with um, parents groups. So there's many, many different types of programs. You know, we're not a studio or a school where we just do a Christmas show and we do a recital. Yeah. You're really in there. You're in the community. Our kids and our artists are, they're doing something for Thanksgiving. They're doing Christmas. They're doing Martin Luther King. They're doing Black History. They're doing Women's History. They're doing um, um, Earth Day. Then we're doing something for Memorial Day. Then we're doing something for Juneteenth. Then we're doing something for, and then, the, then there's the June recital. Then there's the season performance. Then there is Fourth of July. So... What education? <laughs> like constant. So, what an education? It's almost like it's almost like, and maybe this is one of your goals. You I don't know. It's almost like you have. It's your. It's your own school. Like I mean, it's a. It's just not just teaching dance. You're teaching everything. It's and life skills. Life skills, and I love that. That's really. I I think some of the best. Some of the best work out there is when you're in yeah. there in the community and just it's like yeah. it's like breathing your everyday life and Correct. it's just part of what you're doing i think Correct. That's, that's amazing yeah that's thank amazing. you you're thank welcome. you thank you thank you I mean, it, it's gotta be exhausting but you have to have like it's you said exhausting but you love it like we said right and, and i got it i have a good team i have a good team i was just gonna say i like, have a team yep and you 
that whole team around you, like you were saying earlier, who you surround yourself with, they have to believe in that same vision. Right? Correct. The same. They have to. Yeah, really, really. Now let's talk about, you know, you, you mentioned black history. Let's talk about your upcoming black history commemoration and, and what you're doing. What, t tell me about what you're doing, the performance coming up, but also what you're doing for the month. If you have month activities, what's going on there? Yeah. Well, um, you know, over 20 years ago, um, our artistic team, we wanted to take the kids to see an event during Black History Month in the city. But there was a big problem. There wasn't much going on at that time. So what we did was we created a program. We created a program and a performance that was about education and enlightenment and history. So we created, at that time, the project was called Telling Our Stories. Telling Our Stories turned into remembering. So February 2024, uh, February 15th, 16th, and 17th, and people can go to our website, creativeoutlet.org, and we're doing a Black history presentation. Black history is world history. Black history is American history. And more importantly, it's world history. And we are commemorating the 60th anniversary of the March on Washington. And I have a dream speech and the bombing of the four little girls in, 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 in Birmingham. So it's really a history lesson. And we kind of want people to see the beauty of art and how the physical part of art tells a story. So we, it's a spoken word piece. It's a dance theater. It's a multimedia piece called Remembering. And I like to say that oftentimes, sometimes when people think of slavery and they think of of black history, sometimes they they think it's something that it's very sad or the, this is piece is there are sad pieces in it, but it's really an educational piece that's used that the art that a multimedia theatrical presentation tells a story about world history. Wow. I mean that you gave me goosebumps when you were talking. You know it, <laughs> Things like too, like yeah. if it was performed, and maybe you do this already, you know, in a museum too. Do you know Correct. How, do you do that? Do you go into the museum? And we have, yes, we have, how, yes. How powerful! To, I mean, it, it, there's just so many things you could do, but when we I have, I, yes, kind of see that, and, and what a beautiful thing! And not only for the audience, you know, I always love, you know, we, we need our audiences, we do, you know, but for the dancer. Know, right to really be learning themselves mm -hmm. all about mm -hmm. that and mm -hmm. learning how to express it I yes think yeah can you talk about that process can you talk about what the yeah I, I i think that that the um we have this piece called toss and toss is a very it's one of those ugly beautiful pieces mm -hmm. the story's not so pretty but to see these gorgeous 
world-class artists on stage. And unfortunately, I got to just give you the, 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 the ugly side of the story. Okay. So TOSS is telling our stories spiritually. That's what it stands for, TOSS. T-O-S-S, telling our stories spiritually. And TOSS is about the, um, the Africans that jumped overboard. And they're the Africans that said, I'm not going to go. I don't want to be on this boat and go into this new space in this new land. And the Af and what, what we, we start at just in visual, visualize the bottom of the sea. And, you know, when you see that sand moves and, you know, so they're kind of like lying on the on the bottom of the sea, they've jumped in the bottom and their bones are at the bottom. And then they just wake up. They wake up and they kind of, it's, it's like spiritually, they're on a journey to succeed. They're on a journey to um, carry the African ancestry into the new land and, you know, so forth. So, so, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a gorgeous, it's, I mean, I do this gorgeous production and then people come back in this ugly piece at the top of the show. They go, that toss piece was amazing. Um, and it shows, it, it also shows what um, um, African-Americans, people of color go through, 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 through racism, through, um, through police brutality, through stereotypes, through um, kind of the, the society, all the different things that happen to us in society, pretty much. And I use the physical body with great music by Philip Hamilton to tell a story. And they're pretty, they look naked. They have on brown unitards and the boys have, and the men have on bike shorts that are like their skin color. So it's really that they're stripped of everything, but that they show um, movements that happen. And, you know, um, I did a project once with uh, Bill T. Jones, and uh, I, I was one of his dance captains, and he allowed us to speak. And just name dropping. <laughs> <laughs> just my friend, and I was a rehearsal director, you know, a little coordinator. Um, and, 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 and Bill T. Jones allowed us to speak at the end of the production. And um, one of the um, one of the, um, the the voice that I used that I wanted the audience to hear was I remember one time I was um, in a, in a department store, and I mean you know I probably just had on regular sweats and just whatever, and I, I started being followed by the security, and I said to um, you know to, to, to the audience. And you could fabricate a story and make and, and twist the story. And sometimes some of my um, teachers who are doctors, who are real doctors, will call me Dr. Gaines. And I and I and I and I said, and and, and we do well financially as an arts organization. We could always use more, but we do well. So I said something to the audience and I said, you know, I was in a store, I didn't name the store, I was in a store. And I said, ironically, I'm a doctor, I'm a millionaire, and I still got followed through the store. 
just because of the color of my skin. So I say that to say that's a part of what TOSS is about. The things that people of color go through in society that it's just, some of it just has to do with just because of stereotype and, and social profiling and all of those types of things like that. Remembering with live music and you hear those drums and you just, you just, you just become so within yourself. You hear the live vocalists, you hear the spoken word artists telling the stories of the struggle of people. And you hear a griot Talu Green speak of the African ancestry history. So we take you back, we take you on a journey. This is not just coming to sit in the audience and, you know, clap, clap, clap. Um, but it, it's, you're moved. There's not, sometimes there's not a dry eye in the house, you know, but people come away from feeling full, from feeling full, not only spiritually, artistically, holistically, but I would say spiritually as well, that they become, that they become enlightened from seeing the production. So we're doing two, we're doing eight shows for kids at BAM. And then we're doing three evening performances at BAM as well. Um, and then... Two pieces? These are these two pieces? It's, it's an hour and 20 minute production. So there's tons of pieces. There's tons of pieces, tons of great music, tons of great... Um, it's multimedia. So there's, there's, there's slide projection in there. There's film. So it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's great. I'm sorry, you are saying the dates that they were. The dates are February, uh, Thursday, February 15th, uh, Friday, February 16th, and Saturday, February 17th. All two shows at 7.30, and the Saturday show is at 2 p.m. We normally sell out, um, oh, which, which we're really excited about. Yeah, and we always sell out for the children's shows as well. And then we go into the schools as well and do about 10 to 15 shows in schools as well. Oh, that's great. And when you go into yeah. do you do a, a, a smaller version or the full, yeah, smaller version? We do a smaller version because obviously being in a professional theater, there's lighting, there's projection, there's, there's, you know, there's, you know, all of those things like that. But we try to bring it as close to the original production as possible with the spoken word and movement. Um, I normally bring my own sound system. Um, we bring in um, live music, spoken word, and of course, amazing costuming. That's period costuming that really tells a story in itself. Hopi Lynn Burrow, Burrows, who is our um, wardrobe mistress and, 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 and um, designer is absent. So we have a great team. We have yeah. a great team. And what happens is that when we have artists that are on Broadway and the, and the show closes or the show's on the road and they're working on something here, they join us. They call and say, hey, can I, can I be in the production? Or, you know, we, we have flown artists in as well. So it's, a, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's great. And, and, you know, you can tell you're so passionate about it. It, it, it makes me feel passionate about it. It really does. And I, and I think that's so wonderful because it, it goes back to 
what we were saying from the beginning too, you know, you gotta love it. And when you think back, when you think back to when you were in school and you were having that, you know, in school experience and, you know, were you loving it as much then? Or were you just like, what was that like then? And then here you were. You know, I gotta tell you, (laughs) I'm the same big kid. I have to remind myself sometimes that, wait a minute, you know, um, I'm just as excited when I come in on a Saturday and a little five-year-old runs up to me, Mr. Jamal, and grabs me around my leg and, and I hear drum music in the background or I hear music going or, you know, I see, you know, a, a, a young man, you know, doing, you know, ballet or a young lady doing African or somebody doing hip hop. I am just as excited for over 40 years ago. I mean, so I think that's one of the passions of, 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 um, of, of what I have in my work. Um, I, I could never imagine myself retiring. I, I think I would be get sick if I retired, you know, um, I like to keep busy. I like to keep, um, I feel like I think for my parents, um, who, um, you know, told me that I could do and I could be whatever I want to be, that um, I was exposed and I was supported that I'm still very excited when I started over over, over 40 years ago. Yeah, that's what yeah. I, I love hearing that. You know, my, my parents yeah. were the same to me. They always said that I could do whatever, you know, they're very supportive, whatever I wanted yes. to do. I could do, you know, and, and yes. I, so I would try different things. Yeah. I never yeah. thought, I never thought I would be in the dance world. Like it was kind of like that, that, um, like secret desire. I think it was, is what I call it, you know, thinking that, you know, I, I don't think I really could, maybe I really, and it wasn't, expo- I didn't have a lot of exposure growing up either from where I grew up. And I didn't have it. No. You know, so, so it was, that was, I always felt like I was catching up, playing catch up, playing catch up, playing catch up. Then when I caught the bug, when I caught the bug, there was no going back. Then there was just no going back. And and I, I yeah. and I, I, I want to share a story with you because I think you'll you'll um, it'll resonate with you um, being in the business that you are and and having a school um, where my school was located. It was um, Newark wasn't far from me. And Elizabeth, New Jersey, you know, Elizabeth, New Jersey. But I was in a, you know, suburban town. And, um, but I drew a lot of kids from Elizabeth and from Newark because they knew, you know, they knew that I accepted. Right. That. And right. I'll never forget, I'll never forget this one dad. I tell the, I've told the story like to my husband. Not, I don't share it that often, but it made such an impact on me. There was a dad who wanted his little girl to take class and, you know, they come in to sign up and whether they can, you know, you give them the price and everything. And he, and at that time we were doing automatic payment, like, you know, so it wasn't, we weren't doing a lot of cash or checks trying to just do away with all that. And he wanted to come in on his payday every Friday and he would count out change mm-hmm. and I and 
my first instinct was to say, let me put her on scholarship. Right, yeah. Right? Yeah. But it was so important for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I, I would let him sit, you know, I would let him stand there and count it out because it was so, and she would be there holding his hand. Right. And I, and that always made such an impact on him, you know, that, right. that he, it was so important for him. I could have easily said, come on scholarship, but he wanted to work hard and pay for his daughter. And I just, um, I get it. it. Well, that, yeah. that, well, you know, my parents could not afford the training that I got at that age. They definitely couldn't afford it. Um, I was, I used to sweep the studio. Mm -hmm. I would take out the garbage. Yeah. They would make me, they would ask me to wipe the mirrors down. Yep. They would have me count costumes and I would help carry bags and things like that. And also, um, socially, um, Laurelton Cambria Heights, the area that most of the studio owners were, it was a very middle-class, working-class area. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so there were a lot of social things that I got from them yeah. that I didn't have from my family. I, my family is the biggest love bugs in the world. They got their love bugs. <laughs> my family were first in line for love bugs, for love. Not that I'm being them up. We did not, I learned the social part of, um, of development through my dance family. You know, like this was this was proper etiquette to do this. This was not okay. Da da da. You know, all of those types of things like that. I really learned in the arts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And those are the things that I mean. Just imagine, I've been to about twenty-one different countries that I performed in. And how did I get there? Through my art. You know, my senior class. We, we were invited to um, a, a, a international dance festival in Hong Kong. And we went to Hong Kong, we went to China, and we went to this little um, country called Macau, which is off the side of Hong Kong as well. And I mean, you know, here's a kid. I, I didn't consider myself growing up poor or poverty. I don't mean it in that way. But here's this kid who, you know, from arts and education to graduating from a prestigious institution and my first international trip was to Hong Kong, China, and Macau. And how did I get there? From arts and education and dance and performing arts. So um, I tell funders, parents, and and the community elected officials that um, arts and education works. Yeah. You know, there's 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 a story that that I have is that we had this one kid who did grow up in poverty, and he was on scholarship, and um, he never smiled. 
he would not only would he smile, he would never even look up. He was kind of like this kind of kid, like this. Yeah, yeah. And we performed, and I remember us working on this performance. And at the end of the show, Joanne, this kid just kind of <laughs> he was like, ah, but this right, you could feel the energy. Yeah. He opened up his face. And, you know, he was like, and we were like, the kids were like, oh, my God, he's smiling. Oh, my God, we've never seen him smile. Yeah. And, you know, these are the stories that art does. So, um, you know, I knew this stuff as a young person. I knew I had very good intuitive. I'm almost a little psychic, I like to tell people. I have a little psychic energy. I, I can feel things almost before they happen or how they happen. So, um, so I always tell my funders and supporters and, and parents that I know the formula of young people, you know, I get it. And then as I shared with you with training, I didn't have an, what was considered like an easy body. My wife has an easy body. She has gorgeous long feet. She has gorgeous long legs. She's naturally thin. She was in Alvin Ailey. She was with the ballet company in Europe. She's been in nine Broadway shows. She's gorgeous. I was that kid that if class was at 10, at nine, not I'm walking in at nine, nine, I'm on the floor. I'm on the floor warming up, trying to get my legs up, trying to get my splits in the fourth position. Turns around the back, kicks, this sit-ups. So I, I, you know, so, you know, <laughs> I understood that if you were going to make something happen of yourself, if you were going to produce high-level artistry and production and, and, and work in arts education, the, my professional training as a performer gave me a wonderful blueprint to use and how we have built creative outlet. Thank you. Thank you. So the BAM performance is a, um, it's, it's telling our stories and amazing artistry. One of the numbers we will invite for the village scene, we invite our kids in to perform with us. And then I have to mention um, we're also on Saturday, um, February 17th, we are traveling to a 10-day trip to Ghana. They wrote that down. Congratulations. Going, yeah. We have a two-city two tour of Ghana. We're going to the city of Accra, and we're going to the city of um, Cape Coast. And we will perform at the National Theater of Ghana, and we will perform with the National Dance Company of Ghana. We will do a collaboration with them. So, and we're leaving straight from the theater, and we're hopping on a plane to Ghana. That's amazing. Amazing. Are you going, are you going as ambassadors as well? Or um, We are. Beautiful, beautiful. I love it. Yeah, yeah, we are. I can't wait to hear all about it, too. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. We, we got to do a follow up on that trip too. So remembering, I mean, how amazing that we're doing a production called Remembering around world history. And um, then we get to go off to Ghana to, we're doing the same production that we're doing here. We're doing it in Ghana. Yeah, kind of pinched, right? <laughs> Pinch yourself. It's amazing. Wow. It's you know I tell you Jamel, it's been really wonderful um, getting you. to know you. It, it, Thank it, you, Thank you're you. so easy to, to talk with as well. You Thank know, you. Can, you're Thank infectious. You. you really are. You Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. I mean, I can Thank see you. why you're so successful too because I. Thank you. Yeah, you just you have Thank that you. presence. Thank, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. And uh, thank it comes you. through. It comes through. Um, is there thank anything? You very much. You're welcome. Has there uh, anything that I missed, haven't said, or you want to add? There's been so much wonderful things we spoke about. Any parting wisdom you'd like yeah. to share? Well, um, I also also say that the organization exists because of partnerships. So. Um, if there are ways that um, um, your um, viewers are, are interested in, in finding out about us and partnering with us um, or doing some sort of workshop or some sort of intensive and performances and lecture or so, we would love to. They can always go to our website, creativeoutlet.org. Um, again, you know, we're, we're going to be at BAM. It's, a, it's an amazing presentation. I am going to tell you, you and your husband, you guys would have an amazing time. I'm sure you get invited to a lot of stuff. Um, and then the Ghana trip, we come back, we're going to do a presentation around women's history. We're going to do something around Earth Day. And then we're going to be at the Apollo Theater in May. So we're, yeah, so we are, um, we're busy. Um, we try to keep our website up to date. Mm -hmm. So if someone wants to purchase tickets or find out about more, join our mailing list around what we're doing, please visit our website, which is creativeoutlet.org. Um, and we are available to come to towns and do workshops and lectures and demonstrations and performances and, and workshop classes. And um, we want to connect with people. We want to yeah. connect with all people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Um, thank you. I mean, what a, what a great organization, Jamel. Thank you so thank you. much. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, listeners, for joining me on Dance Talk with Joanne Carey. And follow us, like us, and share, share, share. And I'll put all that information in the follow-up notes and when this gets posted. So thank you so much, Jamel. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Joanne. All righty. Have a good one. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Powered by Riverside.